Hello, race fans. How are you? Rob Howden here, the voice of the Road Dandy, presented by Cooper Tires, uh, setting up for another edition, episode number six of the Road to Indy Insider Live. I'm at my uh, Airbnb right now in Newcastle, Indiana. I uh, actually was just at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway throughout the weekend for the USAC Karting Battle at the Brickyard. Got a chance to get back behind the wheel myself and, and do a little racing in, in the Briggs categories with Margay Ignite and with Comet Kart Sales, the Dismore family. Uh, it was great, of course, to be at the racetrack. I'm going to get my comments fired back up here. Obviously, tremendously good to be at the racetrack um, at IMS. Today's news really not what we wanted to hear. Of course, we were there racing ourselves, but, you know, 400 and something entries, not that many people. Uh, but to hear that the Indianapolis 500 now being run without uh, fans is, is super disappointing. But you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So to be able to have the Indianapolis 500 number one, that's, I think, the, the, the key component. You think about the guys who we've had in the road to Indy for the last number of years, you know, the Oliver Askews, the Renus VKs, the Pato Awards, looking to get a chance to race their first Indy 500s. It's going to be surreal to do it with no fans when you think about the fact that you always talk about drivers, how the track, the visuals change on Sunday. You know, the driver around the racetrack, but when you roll into turn one on Sunday and the grandstands are full of people, it changes everything. And, of course, that's not going to be the case. But, you know, there'll be the TV coverage. Of course, we'll be live as well uh, on IndyCar Radio, so we hope you join us there. Uh, we are going racing, though. And as things are, it seems like we're going to be good to go with Lucas Oil Raceway, the uh, Carp Night Classic on, on Friday. So that's exciting to see the drivers in USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 get a chance to be on the oval. Pretty easy to social distance there. We can get things going and ideally have that event as well. Today, though, join me. This is the debrief. We're going to be talking to two drivers who had a lot of success at Mid-Ohio, both Reese Gold from Cape Motorsports, a couple of podiums in USF 2000, and, of course, Stingray Rob breaking through for his first win. I had, I was told it was his 50th race. Now I'm told that was his 49th race. So maybe the 50th race is going to be coming up. That could be the oval at Lucas Oil Raceway, unless they kind of try to jam something back in. But I think that'll be his 50th. But he gets his first race win, which was amazing. Uh, it was an interesting weekend at Mid-Ohio. For those of you who tuned in, we had the circuit cameras so to be able to bring you those images. We weren't able to do that. Um, at uh, at Road America because IndyCar and IMS Productions weren't even set up at that point. But we were able, finally, uh, to be able to uh, to provide uh, exactly what we were looking for in terms of a little bit of, of, of video coverage for you to, to, to watch it. Midweek race was really weird. It was kind of tough. Uh, I, I always kept wanting to say weekend like you have for so many years. The racing was tremendous, triple header for both the teams, tons and tons of track time, which is always key for these drivers as well. But one of the most surreal things for me uh, was the simple fact I, that I'd be in there and I'd be calling the race. I'd be super excited about calling the race. And then I'd walk outside when it was all said and done because there was nobody there. It was dead silence. It was really, really super weird. Uh, let me turn this light off. It's going to drive me crazy here. Let me just put it up here. Does that work? Oh, now I'm super dark again. Let's stick with that. Um, so let's jump into it. This is a debrief. So I'm going to get a chance really to debrief with a couple of drivers. So those of you who are race fans don't know what the debrief is. After the races, drivers will come back. They jump into the hauler with the team. They'll download all the data from the onboard computers. They go over the data. They go over video, essentially doing the debrief of what happened uh, for that driver through that session. They use what they learned in that in that debrief to be able to either change drivers' lines, work on the racecraft, or, of course, change uh, anything on the race car as well. Uh, let's get started here. Let me bring in my first guest. Let me line them up. How am I going to spring Stingray Rob in? There you go, Stingray. We like, we, like that, we like that one or we like that one? Whatever works for you, Rob. I like that one. So if I, we go right. here, they can see your name, but they know who you are. Let's, let's, let's try something different. Let's go like this. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're what? 
not even a week on, right? Your first, it was Thursday. It's, it's yeah. The whole race what day is today? Kind of me it was, it was literally not even a week ago. Yeah. Okay. It was not All even right. a week ago. Um, we're at mid Ohio. Uh, you were strong. In fact, it was, it was kind of an up and down weekend for you because you struggled at one point, was able to come back a, a bit. And then of course the, the final round of the triple header, let's just start by how's it feel right now? Is it, is it, has it lessened at all or is it sunk in now that you're finally a race winner on the road duty? You know, to be honest, Rob, the night after the race, I felt pretty calm and normal. It's like back yeah. to work. You That's know, it. you got to yeah. put in that work for the next race. So I don't feel much different now than I would after any other weekend. I mean, obviously I'm a little bit happier that I got that win done and out of the right. way so I can go get some more. But yeah, after, you know, through the, the cool down lap, I started bawling because it was just yeah. kind of like this huge relief of, I get man, it. finally, finally. Not, it wasn't for lack of effort. We all know that. So yeah. yeah. And it was just all that time and hard work paid off finally and we get to see the results. And to be honest, race three wasn't my best race. The whole weekend or week, midweek, like you said, I I'm keep right. wanting to say yeah. weekend. Yeah. It's bothering me. But anyways, the whole week was just not a great race for me. But we got the win anyway. So it was just like we had just enough and we had enough to get it done. So I was happy and, with that. And it seemed like it was a progression, you know, throughout throughout that weekend, the way things roll. Can you talk about what it was like when you guys rolled off the trailer? We had those, you know, we had those couple of test sessions and, and, and went from there. What was, what was uh, how, how was the progression of your weekend through all the races and qualifying? You know, I didn't think it was too bad. I can't remember what happened in practice, but something went wrong and there was a car off. And so we went into the first qualifying without a whole lot of time on the racetrack. And I think I ended up qualifying third there in quality one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I felt pretty good, you know, with the, the car that we had for that session. I think that the, the third place being a tenth and a half off was pretty close to where yeah. we could be. So I was happy with that. And then race one was just horrible. You know, that was, I, I came off the racetrack and I told Victor Franzoni, my driver coach, um, like, I don't know what happened. I forgot how to drive. Like wow. that was absolutely terrible. I was so disappointed in myself. And, and like, I had all these thoughts rolling through my head of like, well, if it's not bad luck from somewhere else, it's me then. Like it's all, if something else doesn't go wrong, then I go wrong. So I was just like this whole culmination of different things rolling through my head. And so I actually, I didn't go into the debrief room for over an hour i went for a rock around the a walk around the paddock and took some time to myself and ended up sitting out towards the trees um out past the carousel by myself just thinking for for a minute and uh kind of got my peace about me came mm-hmm. to terms with how i drove and said all right time to go back to work and i was fine after that so um quality two i mean we should have been on pole i mean Flat out. That's you had, all I you got had to say. Say, You had said that. So give me some, give me some more insight on that. What, uh, what, what happened? So, what happened? That you, you, you not end up getting the job done. So on my first flat out fast lap, I had a driver go off and turn one ahead of me and he pulled back in front before turn two. I had a good gap to him and it would have been perfect for the last two laps for a mm-hmm. draft. Um, but he pulled back out and then held me up around the whole entire turn two. And so that lap was gone, destroyed. And it, my, my setup for it was really good. Like turn one, I felt it was perfect. Uh, the carousel in turn 11 felt really, really strong. And the car was doing so well. I mean, the car setup in quality two was amazing. And then the next lap, which would have been my fa- fast lap, I, uh, I was going down the back straightaway. And actually, this was my fast lap. My fast lap, I was going down the back straightaway and got the fuel alarm running low on fuel. I finished the lap 
with the fuel pressure warning. So like wow. I was out of fuel when I crossed the line. I had the engine cut out a few times. I lost at least a tenth and a half, two tenths of a second just from that alone. Well, and we, we talk about that. I try to bring it up a lot on the play, when I do the play-by-play that to put together a lap in qualifying is all about, like you said, getting a gap, not having a driver in front of you, having the fuel come down to the point where the car is at its at its lowest. But the teams had to get it was the right at its lowest. It was at its lowest. <laughs> the teams had to give the other right the right tire pressure. You've had to take care of the tires, bring them up to temperature, and then you have to get the job done. That's it's yeah. there's so much that goes into a qualified lap that we don't people just think you go out and turn a fast lap. It's everything yeah. coming together at once. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that lap would have been so fast. Like if it was, if I had not had that fuel pressure warning, I think that we, cause I think that time was like a 16, two flat one sixteen two flat, something like that. I think yeah. we could have been in the 15s. I mean, we would have been really, really? dang close. Yeah. What, uh, what do you, what was your thought on the next, like you run the next race? What were your, I want to ask you what your thought of is on that in the second race, using the fast laps of that qualifying session to line up the grid for, for race number three. And we have a couple of guys messing around in that race, putting on fresh Coopers and coming out up front. What did, did that play in your head a little bit going into the race that you eventually won? Uh, <laughs> do you want me to go through race two first? All right, because let's go through race, race two. I'm really excited to hear your answer on this. Race two was a mess. And I actually, I told Dan Anderson after getting out of the car on the podium there that that was the most fun I think I've ever had in a race car because it was just total mayhem. You know, we had that wet, dry changing conditions. And yeah, I think I fell back to, I went from like third to eighth to fourth to eighth to third again or something (laughs) like that. And it was like every position in between. And it was like mayhem all around. Like I wasn't the only driver moving forward and back. Everyone was moving. And it was just because those changing conditions added How bad so was much freaking. I feel bad because I'm calling the race, and because the cameras were so small that I could, I, I had no idea that it was raining outside until I walked yeah. outside at the end. I didn't know. How well, bad was, it was the conditions? It was only raining on certain parts of the track. Okay. And so, like, turn turn one was pretty close to normal. But turn two, I mean, towards the end of the race, you were almost taking a wet line. To be honest, like, we figured something out there. Victor was in turn two, my driver coach, and he – he told me what to do there, and I got past uh, Frost because of that. Wow. And then you go down to turn four. Four was dry. Five was wet. And then nine was wet. And then 11 was dry, and the carousel was wet at the end of the race. So it was oh like certain parts of the track were wet, and other parts were dry. It was just you had to find the limit per corner. It was it was different every lap, too. Did you happen yeah. to have any particular scary moments? <laughs> Through that? Well, only a few. Only a few. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, of course, uh, the risk. Alicia just messaged me. She's like, uh, hey, get off your phone. Stop looking at your phone. But I was just trying to bring up, I was trying to bring up the standings so that I have the standings okay. in front of me. So you don't need to rip on me. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, so that race, after that race, being able to handle those conditions, did it help kind of, I want to say, did it help uh, up your confidence a little bit as you're kind of progressing throughout the weekend, knowing you were able to handle those conditions? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that the first half of that race was not so good on my part and the second half was pretty good. You know, I had some good <laughs> yeah. moves in there and so I was happy with that. And, you know, I got good lap times or I, I thought towards the end of the race compared to some of the other guys and we held on even through the conditions. And, you know, I saw even on the cool down lap, there were some drivers that went off the racetrack and I, I didn't do that. So I was yep. happy with that. <laughs> that's, so that's it. Kept, kept the car in one piece in between the two races. Again, the whole weekend's progression, 
without that wetness that we had, the precipitation at the very end of that race, did it take away, you think, from the potential for the cars to get better? Like, you know, you weren't able, you weren't really able to learn anything from those last five laps to be able to make the car better for, for race three. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, like we didn't change the setup too much throughout that whole day um, from what we had in qualifying. And I think that was just because the temperatures stayed pretty similar all the way through the day yeah. and we didn't have indie car rubber to mix with and all that. So Agreed. there was not too many factors changing throughout the whole entire day from quality two to race three. And so my car was pretty good in race three. Um, not quite as good as we had in the qualifying session, but mm -hmm. I think that was just the name of the game for everyone. Obviously Hunter had a really good car. Daniel laid down some good lap times in that race after uh, wrecking. And uh, I was honestly, I would think that I was like the eighth fastest car on the racetrack on the race that i won but it was enough so were you were you able to see well obviously all the stuff that happened let's let's now talk about about the thought of starting this race with jacob lumas up front and colin kaminsky up front and all these guys and uh cory enders was up front as well those three guys have lots of experience it's not like you you know you were you were really i think overly worried about what they do you know colin had already had a couple of good finishes was on the podium at road america mm -hmm. Did you have any trepidation about it, though, moving forward, knowing that they weren't actually the quickest guys at Mid-Ohio throughout the weekend? No. I no. just, to be honest, I thought I could attack more because of it. Even though they had new tires, I knew that, I mean, I, I drove against Corey last year, and so I know a little bit about him mm -hmm. um, racing-wise. And uh, I saw that he had his new tires on, and I saw that he didn't scrub them in too good on the opening lap. And so I was able to challenge in the first lap, and I was yeah. able to get around him before his tires came into their peak. And then after that, I mean, got past Jacob Loomis, and he was he was really quick, but there was too much chaos for them to, to really keep up with me. And once that wreck happened, I think I got a little bit of a gap, and that was enough to stay ahead. And so from there on, it was just a matter of staying out front, not making any mistakes and keep Hunter behind me. I knew he <laughs> was right. coming hot. So, yeah. Well, hey, what was your thought about that wreck? I, I had a small camera, of course, and I'm watching, you know, coming out of Thunder Valley. It looks like maybe Daniel didn't quite give enough room or didn't, didn't have the room to come across. All I know is all of a sudden he was sideways and yeah. uh, tough for both the guys that were running up front. You were probably yeah. ready to pounce, though, were you not? <laughs> yeah. No, I was. I was sitting back. I mean, they ran side by side all the way from turn four down into Thunder Valley. I thought that was impressive. I just thought yeah, someone was going to wreck way before that. I mean, they weren't, they weren't, you know, leaving a whole lot of room for each other. They were pushing yeah. it. They wanted that win. So I could see something was going to happen. I just didn't know that it was going to happen right there. That yeah. was like what I least expected. So I think that it was uh, in favor for me. I think, you know, it's just one of those racing situations where it falls falls into the right hands at the right time. And that was my hands at that time. So I was thankful for it. And I, what I thought was crazy that there was no debris, no yellow flags. I know. You know, I thought that was absolutely insane. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I was so thankful for that. So, yeah. It seems to me like, because uh, normally that's the bad luck that would come onto you. Like you've had a lot yeah. of bad luck over the years, right? This time yeah. it kind of missed you by, it like just missed you by like one spot. That's what it felt like yeah. to me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was funny too, because like after the wreck, you know, I see Daniel go flying in the air and get T-boned and everything else mess. And I go around the outside and I was kind of panicking because I didn't know which way to go because I didn't know which way Daniel was going to slide this way or that. So I yeah. just, I pinned it, grabbed a gear and went by. And when I looked at my mirrors, I mean, they were all bunched up and I was out front. I was like, hmm, 
All right, that'll work. I'm happy with that. <laughs> so you've led races before. You were leading last year at, at Laguna Seca before the gravel came on track and you, and you went off there. What was going through your mind? I, I know they're probably giving you the splits because because uh, Hunter McIlroy was coming, but then you were able to put some really good lap times down to kind of kept that like a full second gap over the final couple of laps. Were you pushing 110% at the end there? Or were you kind of trying to manage the gap that you had? Well, when I first got in the lead, I was trying to, trying to manage the tires a little bit, trying to hold them on. Um, I knew that if the race didn't go yellow, then we were going to have to, you know, fight to keep the car and balanced at the end of the race. Um, and we've had issues with that in the past where the the tires fall off and towards the end of the race, we, we lose a lot of time. So okay. I, I knew what I had to do to, to try and keep the car under me. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I was having flashbacks to Laguna Seca. Like, <laughs> but this time it was a whole different mindset. Last year, I felt kind of like the the bird getting run down by the dog. And this time I was like, all right, that's not happening again. I got this. My head down. Yeah. yeah. So it reminded me of my karting days running out front, you know, same mindset of just, okay, I'm going to do what I have to, to win. I mean, that's, that's just it. I made the decision. And uh, towards the end of the race, you know, the, the team got on the radio. They said one and a half second gap. And I could see Hunter at that point. I'm like, okay, I can manage this. And I put in some lap times that were good enough to stay out front. Um, managing lap traffic was not all that easy but we got kind of lucky and I think Hunter did too. You know, we both got, got clean laps in there at the end of the race, even with lap traffic. Uh, it was actually one of his teammates in front of him. Uh, it was Bob Kaminsky actually had to go by at one point too. And I was kind of, I was wondering, Bob, Bob didn't make it super easy. Probably what I would have done too as your teammate no. as well, but he didn't, <laughs> didn't do any kind of blocking or anything other than that. So listen, you, you, you've got the stress on you. You're trying to win that first race. You've had to close a couple of times. You told us that you were you know, obviously the emotions overflowed in the cool down lap, but what about coming out of the corner of that last lap? Just what, what was the feeling coming across the line? Was it just, did you just scream in the helmet? What was it? You know, after, uh, so that la- white flag lap, yeah. I made a really good turn too. And I looked in my mirror to just see where Hunter was and I had enough room and I knew I had it. It's like, okay, I'm just coasting in after this. So I just cruised the rest of the lap, pulled it in and crossed that line. And as soon as I crossed that line, I got on the radio and started screaming and pumping <laughs> my fist. And okay. I'm sure the team had to rip their radios out just because I was screaming so loud. But well, they're, all I didn't care. Up, they're all running up to the wall too, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, they were all on the wall. So I pulled over and gave them the wave and you know, kind of just got to sit there in the car and enjoy the moment on the on that cool down lap. Yeah. And then I started bawling, of course. <laughs> I was like, why are you crying? Like, this is awesome. So It is big. But, now, you must yeah. be a little disappointed right now that we weren't able to come back this weekend. We should have been essentially on the track in a couple of days back at, at Mid-Ohio. Of course, that race has been postponed potentially to September. Maybe October. We'll find out uh, more when we know later. Um, how much of how much of that is, is a little def- – that's what's deflating. But, man, you're like, damn, uh, I was really good there. I'd like to be able to come back right yeah. right now and keep the, keep the ball mo- moving, right? Yeah. Well, and to be honest, after debriefing – um, after race three, we found something in the car that we had an issue with. So okay. I think we went even faster this time around. So hopefully when we go back, we'll have that issue resolved. And hopefully by the ovals, we'll have that resolved and we'll be quick again. Awesome. Well, speaking of the ovals, stay with us. I'm going to drop you to the back of the studio. I'm going to bring Reese Gold on. We'll bring you back in. We'll talk about uh, about Lucas Oil Raceway in a bit. So let's drop Stingray. Thanks for talking about Stay with me here. Let's bring on this guy here. There we go. Reese Gold from Cape Motorsports. Uh, Reese, how are you? Good, you? Hanging out down in Florida? Oh, yeah. We just, um, the hurricane just passed us, but now it's nice and sunny and warm, so. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Uh, speaking of hurricanes, you were I'm in uh, I'm in Newcastle right now. You were kind of a hurricane back in your days here, earning in carts, right? Uh, you've had a couple. I remember. I think you came from like I want to say 45th to. I don't know if you won or finished second. Did you win that 20, race? 28th to first. There it um, is. I remember that race, man. You were a yeah, rocket. That was awesome. That was, was that one Mini of my Swift? Races. Yeah, Mini, that, Mini Swift. In Mini Swift, yeah. That and now awesome. here we are that talking awesome, to you about yeah. about USF 2000. You obviously were in the back there chatting and listening when I was talking to, to Stingray about his event. Let's get started and talk. Let's debrief a little bit about your progression throughout the weekend. How did things roll off the trailer with your Cape Motorsports machine in USF 2000? Um, it was really good. We had, we did a lot of testing there. So it was kind of just, you know, get out and just continue where we left off in the series test. And um, the beacon didn't work in practice one, but I think we, we were like fourth. That's right. So um, I was pretty happy with that. And that was um, good momentum going into qualifying. And it's like you're in your second year right now. Obviously, you're, you're a much different driver than you were last year. I always make that comparison to how much you guys grow up. You were only 14 last year. Now you're 15. Another year of experience. Uh, are you able to pick up that first session and say, you know what, I'm fourth, I got good momentum, and is it really more of a calm weekend as opposed to some ups and downs? Yeah, definitely, definitely um, helps you. You know, you're not trying to rebound. You just, you know, yeah. kind of keep going from where you are and um, definitely helped us um, going into the weekend because we didn't have to make big changes, just little stuff, and that helped us um, um, get a good qualifying result. Now, I think one of the things it was interesting to see you bounce back is you obviously had that issue at the first race at Road America. You and Nolan Siegel got together in race one. You didn't have a lap time, so you had to start at the very tail of the field and were able to fight your way forward. You've done a tremendous job. I think you would probably look back and and be really happy with Mid-Ohio with the great results that you got because you really brought yourself back into the championship fight. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, to get my first podium and then get two more. And we went from, like, 11th to 4th in the championship, so that was really awesome. And, um... We're only like 10 points behind second, so um, it's really good to be back up in the fight. So walk me through your first race. How, how did that go for you? Um, It was good. Had a good start. Came out third, and um, I had my teammate behind me, D. Orlando. And, you know, I just wanted – I really want to get that first podium, just check yeah, it up yeah. a list. And I yeah. was watching behind me. He was, like, kind of, like, maintaining the gap. And I'm like, please just don't catch me. Don't catch me. Just let me get this podium. And then actually he drove off a little in turn on one in the dirt. And once I had that gap, um, it kind of um, made the race more comfortable. And in the end, I almost caught Barrichello. Um, had good pace in the end, but it was just felt really good to finally get that podium and check it off the list. So how much pressure did that take off you going into the second race to finally get that first one done, right? Yeah, just it's just a whole different mindset. Like you can kind of attack more like, okay, I got the podium. I don't need to worry about, you know, that's going it, right? off and not getting the podium. So, and gave us really good confidence going into um, the next race. Okay. So race number two. Uh, and again, we had another qualifying session. Did you feel, let, let's ask about this. You guys don't usually make a lot of changes with Cape Motorsports, right? They come out and give you a pretty good setup. They try to get you to kind of drive the car in a certain way. Um, your second year with Cape, let's ask, let me ask that question first. How, how much better do you connect with the guys in terms of talking to them and, and really kind of providing what they want? or driving the cars the way they've set them up. Do you feel you've evolved quite a bit that way? Yeah, being with them for a second year, you know, really helps, you know. I know what they want. They know what I want on the car, and they gave me a great car from the get-go, and we kind of just evolved it um, each session from there, and just we had a really good car all 
all week. I keep wanting to say weekend. I know. I told you. Week, two days. Two days. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Uh, all right. So let's talk about that qualifying. Let's let, let's talk about race number two. How much more comfortable were you for race two already having that podium, knowing that you could get the job done? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, um, really helped. We had another second place by like three tenths. The first qualifying, it was second place by like four thousand. So. <laughs> Another second row, um, first row start, and that helped because I had experience starting there. And that time I came in to start second, and um, that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, me and Rasmussen kind of just pulled away from the field behind, and um, we just kind of drove my race there and just um, was able to come away with um, second place, which is awesome. Now, uh, are you as bored as we are about Christian Rasmussen winning all these races? Are you ready, are you ready um, to was- stop this streak or what? Yeah, it was a little um, boring out there. Um, there were some laps where I caught him a little bit, but hopefully um, we can bring the fight to him in um, Lucas Oil. Was it, it was a kind of a deal where obviously we saw that he had the speed and we continued to you know be able to run up front, qualifying up front and, move, and kind of pulling away a little bit. You did chase him down, like you said. Is there is there any kind of a mindset in yourself where you're saying, you know what, I just want to make sure I keep putting down good races? Because historically, drivers who have won you know a lot of races early – don't always walk away with the championship. We know Braden Eves last year came out really, really strong, but he kind of dipped a bit midway through the season and had to fight for it hard at the end. What's the mindset you have? You're battling against the guy with five straight wins. What's the mindset going into these next races saying, you know what, uh, I'm not going to give up. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, definitely. Just because um, there's like 12 more races or something like yeah. that. So it's just, you know, a lot of more points up for grabbing and just um, hopefully we can um, – come out up front in some of these races and um, claw our way back up the points. Well, I think we know that it's so close and so tight up front. Really all it takes is one kind of DNF, one issue like you had in the very first race, right? You're side by side with a driver and you end up going off the race. Right? That can happen to anybody. Uh, so you got a, you got a couple of points. Let's move th- to race number three. Any major adjustments? Like it's obviously in the same day. Any major adjustments to the car? Fine tune and then go back out and do it again? Well, yeah, we thought it was going to rain, so we changed the car for, like, a damp track, and we didn't have time to change it back. So we were on a little bit of a different setup, but it was still pretty good. And um, same thing, um, starting second again for the third time. Um, We got a good start, came out third, and wasn't able to get by my teammate, but we were um, pretty close in the end. Almost, you know, the last two laps, you know, he had to block me, so it was, you know, a battle. At least least I put up a fight, and... um, it was good. Another podium, a lot of points. So it was a good race. I'm sure there wasn't like direct team motors, but I'm pretty sure it's an unwritten rule under the Cape, under the Cape uh, tent that you don't take your teammates out, right? Yeah, it is. It's, there's no <laughs> orders, but it is. They're always saying, you know, don't take your team out. We need to finish. So, you know, definitely race them a little easier because, you know, we want to get points as a team and, you know, so yeah, definitely. We know last year that uh, Felix Rosenquist in the IndyCar series went head to head and was trying to find a way by uh, Scott Dixon up there in the keyhole. Was there any point in that race when you were chasing him down? You said you had to look a couple of times. Was there any point where you said, no, I'm going for it. I, I think I got this. Yeah. Um, the last two laps going into four, um, it was close. You know, yeah. I was a little far back and then going into five on the last lap, I got my a wheel right next to his rear wheel but um it wasn't close enough so you just don't want to risk it right yeah definitely you know i'd rather get you know 20 or 25 points than none so that's it you know, and that, def- that definitely helped um um points wise 
Hey, we got a question here from Elaine St. Clair. Let me bring that up for you, bro. It says, uh, this is for Reese. Uh, now that you've scored a few podiums, do you feel confident that you're going to get that first win this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, third, second, third. So I feel like, you know, we're just getting there and closer, closer. Last yeah. year, um, last year, um, Lucas Oil was actually uh, my best race. Um, I think that'll be fun. I think, you know, because all these races are a road course, I think it might shake things up. You know, maybe Rasmussen won't be as strong or someone else will be stronger. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's definitely close. We were close to win in every race. So I think the win is close and I think um, we can get one this year. And listen, and I, I talk to you guys about this a lot. When we're on the Cooper star, Tire stage, I ask the same questions. How much different is Reese Gold right now? I know you, you. I know that you and Nolan and Jack Crawford were, were sick of me saying you were 14 years of age last year, but it's it's the reality. We had to say it. How much different are you last year? You come out of out of karting, which talked about how well you did here at Newcastle and in Mini Swift. You jump into the Lucas Oil car and do well in that. You jump into USF 2000 with Cape Motorsports, and we're a top 10 guy. But we're talking about 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old. Now you're 15. How it, There must be a stark contrast in how you were last year at the start of the season to how you are now. Yeah, it definitely feels better. I don't know what happened. Like coming out in, in practice one St. Pete, I was fourth. I mean, I don't know what changed, but something clicked. And yeah. now we're a front runner. And just coming back for a second year, you've been to all the tracks in the in the car. You know kind of what the car's going to feel like. And it kind of just – um. Um, you know, it's more comfortable. You don't really have to learn anything. You can focus right away on, you know, what you have to do. And I think it definitely helps coming back here for a second um, second year. Can, can you go back to maybe your second year of Mini Swift on the national level? You know, that first year of Mini Swift when you're young, you're like, you know, you're like nine or 10 years old, 10 years old. And you're all, you're kind of nervous. You come back the next year and you're this, you got this swagger mm-hmm. as a 12 year old, right? Is that, can you go back mm-hmm. and re- does that remind you of that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Same thing. Like second year and Mini Swift, that was probably my best year. Yeah. And again, something must have just clicked, and we won a lot of races that year, and that was um, a great year um, for me. That was probably one of my best. That was really fun. Uh, we're waiting for Stingray. I just get <laughs> I'm trying to bring Stingray back in, and he was chilling out back there. All right, let's bring Stingray Rob back in. You back with us, Stingray? You were laying back, yep. getting comfortable there. Yeah, stretching out. Got to stay loose. Got to stay loose. That's good. Um, let's let's take this opportunity now to kind of move forward a bit. Uh, Stingray, we'll start with you. Uh, now we go to the Oval, Lucas Oil Raceway. You've run a couple ovals before. You're actually going to get a chance to do uh, the Gateway event as well, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Let's start talking about Lucas Oil Raceway. How excited are you to get back up and, and run around the rim uh, at that 5.8 mile oval? You know, Lucas Oil is one of those tracks where it's just – I don't know. I think as a road to Indy driver, it's one of those legendary tracks, you know, yeah. and you hear people talk about it because there's no other series that run in it really. Mm-hmm. And so it's got such a unique line around that high rim that it makes it fun. And to be yeah. honest, that was one of my best tracks last year. Um, walking away with a second, trying to chase down Daniel Frost when he had such a good car there. And so hopefully I'll be able to stay out front this time around and, and uh, have a clean race. I really like Lucas Oil, though. So you know that that seems like a really nice combination, Stingray. You, you're coming off a race win, so you've got the you got the confidence there, and yourself and the team. You found something in the car, and then you've got a track that you were strong at last year. That's got to be this this really nice equation to come in, saying, "Hey, even if I don't get a win, it's going to be you know I'm going to be I'm going to be first, second, or third potentially. I'm fast again. Yeah. I pulled the points up. Uh, I had said before that you were." Uh, up as a point leader, but then there was a DQ for one driver. You end up coming in just one point behind Devlin V. Francesco for the points. So you've got yeah. you got to have that championship on your mind as well. 
Yeah, I do. And to be honest, Rob, we're five races into a 17 race series. Calm down, right? So yeah, it's like, let's not get too too ahead of ourselves. We just need to be consistent and keep getting those points. Except for the fact that the rest of the season is going to happen in like the next seven weeks. Yeah, that's right? true. Or eight yeah, weeks. It'll be a little crammed in there. <laughs> it is. It's nuts. All right, Reese, let's let's move to you about uh, Lucas Oil Raceway. You just said you're, you were strong there as well. Uh, how you know, Cape has always had good cars. How excited are you to get to the Oval? Yeah, really excited. The Ovals are really fun. I've been watching um, some NASCAR, trying to learn up on that. And, um, you know, high line, low line, slide job, trying to learn the techniques. Because last time we qualified good, but the racecraft wasn't there. Um, you got to learn that so... bump to pass, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Reese is going to be out there trying to side draft people. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to charge you for the wing bend plate. That's what I'm going to damage it. All right. That's <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're looking forward to that event, Carbonite Classic. Let's look forward as well, because it, it's been kind of thrown into the mix. Uh, let's let's ask you first thing, right? Have you ever been to New Jersey Motorsports Park? No, I to be honest, first time seeing the layout was yeah. when they posted the schedule. So I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm sure we'll be fine. What about you, Reese? What do you think about uh, a triple header at New Jersey? Yeah, I've never been there either, but um, should be fun. Hopefully, get some laps on iRacing if they have it, and um it'll be fun race well we'll cross our fingers as well that we do are able to finish the season off at the uh, the grand prix of st petersburg what do you think uh, stingray will come to you first fourth year of course in the series um what about what about a street race for the championship you know i think we talked about this a little bit last time we did on how we were discussing if it would be less chaotic or more chaotic <laughs> because it was the last race of yeah. the year so i i really don't know and then we also talked about maybe rain there might be rain this time hurricane around. You know, season, it's right? hurricane season. So who knows? I think that right now we're gonna focus on the the next race, but St. Peter's always in the back of the mind thinking about championship and yeah. what we're gonna need to do to get it done there and finish up the season strong. So hopefully we'll have a good car there. Um rain, shine, and everything in between. But yeah, I'm sure that we're in for a treat come into the season. A quick question here from Cat Nickel for Stingray. Merchandise? Got any Stingray merchandise? Ooh. Stingray Rob merchandise, where do you get that? Yes. So uh, if you guys go over to my website, I think it's either today, tomorrow, or the next day here very, very soon. I'm going to have some T-shirts going on sale along with some hats and water bottles. So finally got a little bit of merch. And then we'll be updating the designs every once in a while, trying to get some new, fresh stuff in. So if you want some Stingray Rob merch, head over to my website at stingrayrob.com. There you go. Reese Gold, uh, you're a Florida guy, Miami. So uh, obviously potential home race, home state race, at least uh, for the finale. What do you think about uh, running through the concrete Canyon at St. Petersburg going for a championship? Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, um, probably pretty hectic there. Everyone trying to go for the championship. Um, yeah. I think it'll be fun. Not too far from my house. So it'll be fun. Hopefully it doesn't rain there. Cause That'll be pretty crazy, but that would be sketchy. That'd be super sketchy. Be fun, yeah. Oh, the crown in the road on that track! My goodness. Uh, what about you, uh, uh, Reese? You got you got any merchandise? Got any Reese, Reese Gold T-shirts or what? Um, not yet. Maybe I right. can come out with that in the future. I need to Let's get a website first. Get a website. Maybe, maybe I'll go on Wix and make one today. But I there you go. That was, you got time. <laughs> You got time. All right, let's uh, let's take an opportunity. Let's go uh, social media. Uh, Reese Gold. How do they? How do people follow you on social? Um, Reese Gold three on Instagram. That's it, and that's it for now. I need Dude, to work on a Twitter. Get a Twitter. Do that today. It'll yeah. take you two seconds. Set up I a Twitter. Know. I want to see a Twitter out of you today. Come on. All right. All right. Well, because watch this, Stingray. <laughs> what do you got for social uh, media? <laughs> well, 
at Stingray Rob on Instagram, yep. Sting underscore Ray underscore Rob on Twitter and Facebook. I have uh, my Stingray Rob Facebook page. Are you uh, sick and tired of telling everybody the story behind your name now? No, it's uh, <laughs> I got that always in my back pocket. I think it's going to be one of my lifelong skills of telling the story of how I got such a crazy name. But that's it. That's it. People I'm love all right. it. All right. It. Last but not yeah. least, sponsors you want to mention here today. Stingray, start with you. Okay. Uh, I couldn't be in the car this year without the firehouse and good heart animal hospitals on the side of the car. So having those guys on board and it's really cool too, because their last name is Rob. So they feel like part of the family and now they get to join the ride with the rest of my family. So I'm very happy to have them on board. Cool. Uh, Reese, what about you? Um, like thank, um, ticket clinic, um, this year and last year, um, they've been helping me a lot. And, um, of course the team Kate motorsports, for their help as well. Long way to go in the season, guys. As as you said, we're kind of jumping and talking about championship, but again, just five races in, and there's a lot more to come. We'll hopefully get things done by the end of October. But guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I was hoping I'd see you guys at Mid Ohio. It's going down to be the Carb Night Classic on August the 21st, I believe, before the 500. Uh, we'll see you guys there. All right, thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Drop these boys off. Thanks, Reese. We'll get rid of Reese. We'll get rid of Stingray. Folks, uh, two young American drivers with a ton of talent. Uh, Stingray didn't do USF 2000, jumped right into the final year with the old Pro Formula Mazda, then moved it into the PM18. And he's just been kind of kind of chipping away. Everybody knew that first race win was coming. Like you said, probably could have happened last year at Portland. Qualified on pole. Probably should have happened last year at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, if not for an issue with some gravel on the racetrack that took him out of the lead. Uh, but finally able to get the race win. In his 49th start, he scores a win at Mid-Ohio. And uh, I've said this throughout the entire 10 years I've been announcing this program. See it time and time again. As soon as the driver wins the race, floodgates open. So look forward to seeing Stingray Rob up front soon. And uh, Lane St. Clair said the straight, the good question to Reese Gold. Three podiums at Mid-Ohio. A win is coming around the corner from the, for this young kid from uh, from Miami as well. Once he does win, look for the floodgate to start there as well. He did, won a lot of races as a young kid in karting, won a lot of races in Lucas Oil School of Racing's uh, Formula Car School. So uh, with Kate Motorsports, you know every time he rolls into that car, it's got a chance of winning races. So uh, a couple of young drivers to follow. Uh, I'm going to keep beating on Reese. There better be a Twitter account by the end of this weekend. And there, and there better be a website coming soon, too. Reese, you heard me. Get it done. Uh, folks, thank you so much for joining me here on Episode 6 of the Road to Indy Insider. Feel free to send me a direct message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you want me to talk to next. In these debriefs, I try to get the drivers who have done really well. I'll spend some time tomorrow and the day after coming out with my stars of the race picks from mid-Ohio. I was racing myself. At, uh, at IMS this past weekend in the Battle of the Brickyard. Had a lot of fun there, so no time to get that done, but it's coming. And so is the Freedom 75 and the Freedom 90 at Lucas Oil Raceway. It'll be the Carb Night Classic before the 500. Hopefully you can come out to see that one. You're not going to be able to go to the Indianapolis 500 this year. Sadly, we'll all look forward to being back home again in Indiana back in 2021. Thank you so much for joining me here, folks. On the road to the Insider Live, my name is Rob Howden. Book it. <laughs>